You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Don't leave space either. Ladies at the back, please, I'm waiting for you to come forward. And we're not going to start until you've, you've come forward. Ladies at the back, thank you. It's a sin to sit there. It's a sin to have a space in between. Handbags are sufficing. Thank you, people. Isn't it lovely to have someone's shoulder rub yours? guys thank you it's a sin it's a sin it's sinful there are two spaces here Nene. thank you okay god bless you so in the spirit a cockroach it wants to be part of the community <laughs> It's gone. Okay, Holy Spirit, we bind this cockroach. So in the spirit of community, in the spirit of giving ourselves to the Holy Spirit tonight, we're going to take this song again. The Holy Spirit is here. Shall we? Here we are, standing Sitting in your presence. Here we are, seated in your presence. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that is ever resident when two or three are gathered. We're more than two. We're much more than three. The power of God is here tonight. And we all have a choice. We can either hold on to that power or we can let it slip away. But I always make a conscious effort that anytime I'm with God's people, I must be a recipient of that power that engulfs, that power that flows, that power that illuminates.
Hallelujah. Amen. Multimedia, could you please help me with this slide? Thank you. Good evening, everyone. I want to speak on something. It could be a touchy subject for some. And it could be a breath of fresh air for others. But before we go into the word, can we please shut our eyes to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you because you know each of us name by name. We have come to meet with you and with you alone. And we ask that, Lord, you know where it aches. You know where it hurts. You know what our heart longs for. And we ask that, Lord, because everything is possible with you, we ask that, Lord, a fresh flow of your spirit, and that is love, flows through our hearts, bubbles through our spirits this night. And that, Lord, you would help us go into the places that we have shut and locked the doors so that only your name will be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. You see, God has got a sense of humor. Multimedia, be nice. Oh, okay. God has got a sense of humor. And I'm talking about the power of community as we're talking about stronger, together, we're growing in love and, you know, we're reaching out to other people and bonding. And I say God has got a sense of humor because before I came, I bawled my eyes out because I just got hurt. And this was I who's prepared, prepared for a message. And one hour at a time, I just got hurt. So indeed, God has got a sense of humor. And it was on the drive here when my best friend, that's my husband, was petting me. Okay, I'll hop. Thank you. And it was when he was petting me that I understood maybe just why. Because, you know, it's easy to talk about stuff, you know, but until you've walked in those shoes, right, you really have no right to come telling someone what to do if you haven't experienced it. So one hour before now, I experienced it firsthand. And I'm so grateful to the Holy Spirit because it clearly means that I experienced this hurt for someone here tonight. And so do we believe that God has got us in mind? Do you believe that? And do you believe that God wants to reach you? Praise God. So I'm going to talk on this power of community. And... If I hadn't grown a little bit in my walk with Christ, I should have called to say, I don't think it's possible that I can preach this message tonight. But once again, I'd say that I'm thankful. And it's also incidental, because I know there is no coincidence with God, that it's at a time when I'm reading the book of Ruth, 
And I want to lay some foundation. So a few minutes before I came here, I said, I just want to be alone. All right? I don't know who to trust. How could anybody do this? Who does this? And I'm sure somebody here feels like that. Don't lie. Yeah. But then I preached my message back to myself and I said, hmm, easy to be a teacher, but not a practitioner. Yeah. And I experienced so much healing on the way here. But I want to lay this foundation that we have not been placed in our families, we've not been placed in our workplaces, we have not been placed in this church, and we don't have the friendships that we do for no reason. Do you agree? Do you agree? Yeah. Because each of us has some intimacy with Christ, we've understood that he's not thoughtless or mindless. Do you agree? Yeah. And because he's not thoughtless, neither is he mindless. There are just certain reasons why we have formed alliances with certain people. If we all never met each other, and today was the first time that we we're going to meet each other. Without biases, they're just certain people that we won't gel with, true or false. Yes. Some people just like to hang around light-skinned people like me. What's funny? Yeah? Some people just enjoy being with fair complexion people. And some people just enjoy being with happy-go-luckies. And when you're fierce and you're too serious, it's a turn-off. Whereas some other people are attracted to that, true or false. Yeah. Some people like to have friends that are the opposite sex. And some people just like to stay within their sex. And all of us are wired so differently. And because God is not thoughtless and because he's not mindless, he knows why it is that we're attracted to the people that we are attracted to. And so this is the foundation that I want to lay, that there is a reason for my being in the workplace that I am at, the business that I am at, the church that I'm at, having the friendships that I have, being in the church group that I am in, there's a reason. Whether you were just drafted in there or you were pulled in there, God has a reason. But the question now is though, do you understand the reason? So it's one thing to know that God put me somewhere. It's also another thing to have an understanding of why you are there. Okay. So let me help you. So in this gist of Ruth and Naomi, 
we idolize their relationship. And I'm sure it didn't start off on the right footing, yeah? Ruth came with her biases into her marriage, I'm assuming. Then she met a good mother-in-law because with every coin, there are two sides. Opa couldn't. Once she was asked a second time, she bailed. Meanwhile, somebody else stayed, correct? Good. So I'm sure Naomi was good, but I don't think she was all that good. If she was all that good, I'm certain that both Opa and Ruth would have stayed, correct? Okay. And she entered this thing and could easily have said, this is a bad luck family. Father-in-law dies. Oh my goodness. My husband, no, not my own. Her husband died. Her brother-in-law died. Are you with me, people? And it's easy to assume, ah, if I had known, why am I here? But when we have an understanding of why we have been placed somewhere, even when there is adversity, even when there are challenges, in understanding the reasons why God has placed us somewhere, we have more reasons to, be, to exercise a little bit more resilience to stay within the confines of that relationship. I'm going somewhere. And so this fantastic relationship led to a point where the scripture actually says that Naomi wasn't talking to Ruth because I'm sure she was exasperated. You can't understand why somebody is so dogged. Okay, I have failed you. Why are you still, why do you want to come with me? But I also picture Ruth as someone who was, who had nowhere to go. Do you see that picture? I saw Opa as someone who had options. And I'm saying this particularly to those people who are in relationships right now that are hurting, that are burning. Because oftentimes we stay there not because our heart wants to stay there, but sometimes because we're choiceless. You're living with someone right now. And you rather just have your own place and avoid all the drama. But just like Ruth, there seem to be no choice right now. You're at a workplace and everything is on fire. And you just like Opa cannot pack your bags to say, I'm out of here. I put in my letter of resignation. Every time I picture Opa, I picture this chic woman with who's got Louis Vuitton cases. And the moment Naomi says, think about this thing again, she's like, I thought about it, um, you know, and a Range Rover just comes, her brothers come, and they're putting her stuff in the boots. And I can imagine Ruth with her Ghana must go. Sorry, I had to, you know, that's how it makes sense in my head. You know, I can imagine Ruth in Ghana must go, almost looking at her like, ah. And you know, you just hear, I'm off to Paris. I just want to cool off all, so much has happened. I just need time to just cool off, you know? And you're like, hi, Chineke. 
But then something which was consequence, the situation made Ruth stick with Naomi. She had no choice. And tonight, I want you to think about those relationships that pain you because you don't have a choice. I need you to think about it and understand that it has been written in the Bible once before that there was somebody who didn't have a choice. But there's a further lesson. Thank you, phone. The further lesson is that in verse 2, this was a lady who was practically not talking to Ruth. They said through the journey back to Judah, she wasn't speaking to her. But then I picture it that in chapter 2, the very next day, Ruth got up and said, um, hey, mom, let me go look for food. Let me go do, let me get an odd job. Let me look for food so at least we can put lights in the house and eat indomie. And what struck me was that power in communication. Can you imagine the many things that went through the mind of Ruth when they were not speaking? Can you just imagine when all, all there is and how the devil takes advantage of silence? How your thoughts and the thoughts in the other person's head drives you mad. And just one look from that person sometimes, you're imagining that the person is looking at you like, and saying, oh God, I'd rather not do with you. I wish I had somebody else. But the distance between two people is communication. And the Bible says that the first one, major one was, you know what, I'm going to be unselfish. Let me go look for something for us. And so my first point with us being a community is that our relationships need to be mutually beneficial. There is power in it being mutually beneficial. Oprah went her way and maybe she sent a postcard. Maybe she sent a little gift from Paris. But guess what? That didn't write her name in the good book. That was the end of her story. Her story didn't inspire, even though she had the Louis Vuitton cases and she had a choice. Her story hasn't inspired me, and I'm sure didn't inspire you. But the story that has us talking today is the story of someone who had no choice and nowhere to go. Where have you been entrapped? Is it a dead-end job? Can the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight for you to begin to look at how, for the stay you are there, how you can lay resentment aside and allow mutual benefits to be what becomes the order of the day in your relationship? With your boss, can you look past the shouting and the criticism by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And can you please think of what you can do better for the company? It's easy to say, shit, it just happened to me. Yeah, 
So I can imagine me being a staff somewhere and I'm being treated badly. I can imagine I'll just say, you know, for the period of me, I'll just waste your internet. That's my evil twin speaking, not me. I'll just waste your internet. Sure, you know how to talk. Oh, I know I'll be talking. Linda Ikeji, what is up today? Yeah. But I want my name to be written. I want my testimony to be big. I want to be like a Ruth who found, who got herself grafted into the lineage of Christ. And that is us living beyond ourselves, living beyond our hurts. But then he went on. And the lady said, go. Go to the field, go. And she got there. And the scripture actually says that even the reapers already gave her, showed her favor. She got there. I can imagine they were just recovering from famine. Everyone is holding their territory, just like our recession now. Everybody's holding their turf. People are not spending money, lao lao. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. But then, when people just begin to do you good, somebody shared a powerful testimony with me on Sunday and said he's been going through stuff and people in church will just meet him and say the Holy Spirit said I should give you this. He opened the envelope, it will be money. Every time, people were just blessing him. That's precisely what happened with Ruth. Ruth. She got there and they made space for her. They made space for her, but it didn't just happen. So if we were to pray this prayer, we would say, Father, Lord, the way you made a way for Ruth. Now so. Can we please remember that prerequisite to this favor was that she showed kindness first. For you to want to stand in the place of favor, how much favor are you showing yourself? Nobody likes me in church. Everyone is hostile. Have you taken a minute to see what you're giving off yourself? People are constantly talking about me. Have you held back a minute to ask why? And so the next thing was, she was then asked, Boaz came into the picture and says, who is she? And that's where I'm going. Who is she? Who's that woman? Are you standing out in your community? She didn't blend in with the reapers. She stood out for something. There was something about her that made her, made Boaz look a second time. Are people looking at you a second time? Is that my cue? Okay. Are people looking at you a second time? In the ushering department, do people notice you on Sundays that I can't seem to find that lady who stands on that aisle? As you welcome other members, is there something exemplary about you that can in return cause you favor.
Ruth was in this community. But your first community is a person seated next to you. Because when Boaz was to speak, she asked him, why are you showing me all this favor? Oh, I, I jumped. There was a portion of it. After Boaz asked, who is this woman? One of the reapers said, oh, she's the Moabites. She's the daughter-in-law to Naomi. She came and asked if she could glean in the fields. She even took a nap. And when I was doing my study, I said, ah, people can gist. Who is she turned to what happened that day? Yeah. This community is watching. This community is looking at you. At your workplace, we're meant to be light. Everywhere, we're meant to carry the light. But you know, we're human. We make mistakes. But when we show favor and we show grace, our mistakes are not going to hold us down. We will make mistakes, don't get me wrong. But those mistakes somehow will turn around to favor. And those mistakes that can't be turned around to become any favor, guess what? They won't be remembered. But are you walking in grace? This community, because Boaz said, I'm showing you favor because I heard how you treated your mother-in-law. I found that really powerful. I found it something. I'm showing you favor because of what I heard that you did. Can the people in your department say that you're kind, you're loving? Can the people at your workplace say that you're kind, you're loving, you're true? Because it's one thing to pretend to be kind and loving. There's no reward for pretense. Are you genuine? Are you you? Do you say what you mean and do you mean the things that you say? And so, he showed her this great favor an old woman, I say, excuse me, this is just my, me with the Holy Spirit. I say, Naomi the pimp. Because she came back and started giving her tactics. She had unlocked something. Because I think it's in three that says, what can I do for you to give you security? Are people tumbling over? Are you tumbling over to show grace to other people? Do you, are you going out of your way to help other people? Or it's only all about you? This evening, I want you to just ponder on your life. Samuel said something to me that stuck on Sunday. He said his photography business, it hasn't been the Ferraris of this world that have brought business for him. It has been church members. I found it powerful. Because sometimes where we are looking 
in Yoruba they'll say Kosonombe. Yeah. That place that you're looking that there's favor. That's not the route God has paved for you. Where are you looking? And can you begin to look in the direction of the Holy Spirit? God has been preparing me for this message long before today because on Saturday I got an urgent call from someone who I had not spoken to in a while and she said, I need to see you. She's a top executive somewhere. I need to see you urgently. And I said, okay, come to my house. And she came and she talked about how tumultuous her relationship with her boss has been. And I was listening and she said, come yesterday Monday she was going to resign and that you know she's always headhunted anyway they're going to headhunt her she, she's fine and I was tempted to go into a prayer of agreement with her to say yes Lord power to receive another good job when the Holy Spirit held me and said no that's not the prayer and as I started speaking this same message what does the Holy Spirit, what does God have designed for that place that you are? She met me with tears. That I don't want to go there. I've closed that door. And I said, sometimes when you close that door, the door is so pertinent to the rest of your life. Some people say, my relationship, my work, my everything is on lockdown. Wasn't everything on lockdown for Ruth? Everything was on lockdown. But then, she only did one thing right. And that catapulted her to destiny and purpose. That one thing that you do right, if it's forgiveness, if it's showing mercy, if it's asking the Holy Spirit what it is that you are meant to do, and you do it, that thing may be what unlocks several other doors. And so she got to the office on, Saturday, on, on Monday, and she said, Monday morning meetings, she's usually crucified. And it was at that point she had planned to say, I can't take this anymore. Please check your email. And I said, ah, that's not how we do it. As a believer. And she rethought the strategy. She said, Monday morning meeting. She told so many people in her team that she was going to resign that almost as if they, too, they were waiting. And that's how life is. We have some sore bedfellows. Are you being infected by your network? Or are you affecting your network? When two people, three people roll together, There's always a transfer. Is there light being transferred in that network? Because when you are in infected, it means you are ingesting things, curse words. You're inject ingesting things into your system. Why do I talk the way I talk when I'm with certain people? You can't have an answer. 
but we say we're all good friends. I want you to check that relationship. How is that relationship affecting you? Because they were, she said their body language was, yes, our boss is going to show her today. But then the way she was answering the questions, they too were confused. As her boss was throwing her questions, oh, did you do this? Did you send this email? She said, yes, madam, I did, because the Holy Spirit had gone ahead. With my one leg on, 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 on Monday when she called me, I was jumping in my room. Because for two years of a terrible relationship, her boss called her and said, I'd like to speak with you. And it was at this point, she said she knows something broke. She said, I'm sorry I've left the office. And she said, your change of attitude is so obvious. And she's like, really? She says, can we meet on Tuesday? She said, the first time ever. And all of a sudden, she's not leaving her job. If anything, even being in that job and looking for another job makes her remuneration and everything even much, much better. Are you, are you with me, people? Yes. God is at work tonight. God is not absent. He's the one who rules in the affairs of men. And he knows the things that you can't articulate, the nuances, the way people treat you. He knows. But what does God want you to do in that relationship? What does God want you to do in this community? You can't imagine. I have always felt love, always, through my life. But on Sunday, when I saw one person trooping, second person trooping, third person trooping, oh my goodness, I felt an outpouring of love. There is power when we hold each other's hands and I know that I can depend on this person. Can you depend on the person next to you? Is the question that I want to ask. Will you squeal on me? Will you tell everyone that I didn't have tea fair to go home? Can you be a little bit discreet with the things that concern us? I want us to think, how have you hurt your friend? How have you let that friend down? Has it only always been about you? Take a minute to reflect. In that work, what are you giving off? Shall we bow our heads? This community holds a lot of power. There's a lot of power. And what you may be looking for what it is that you want sometimes is just right next to you. That big break that you need in your business, that big break that you need, that job that you require is sometimes in having a conversation with someone. Can we begin to talk to God to expose every area that we've fallen short of? 
Why am I not receiving grace? Why is favor not reaching me? Open the eyes of my understanding. Enlighten me, Lord. Enlighten me. Imprint on my heart the things that I need to do and the things that I need to know. Expose my shortcomings to me. Jesus loves us so much. And a simple hug sometimes. I always stress, let it be genuine. A genuine hug, a genuine reach, it goes a long way. We're all carrying baggage. We're all carrying burdens. Let us begin to pray that we will not drown out. Let us begin to pray that we will not be lost when love is being shared, when friendships and giggles and laughter is going around, that we will not be absent. Father, expose to me those who are meant to connect with in this community. Can we please sing this song? Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. Can we please be upstanding? Everything this community is meant to unlock. I want you to open your mouth and begin to unlock it. that your love relationship holds. I want you to begin to unlock it in the spirit. Jesus. Yes. Let's begin to see God. Let's begin to see the outstretched arms of the Lord. It's shining and it's permeating in Life Point Church. After this service, we're going to call people. I speak a release this night. What is that thing that the enemy is holding? I'm telling you that you can't let go of. Stopping you and biasing you from making relevant connections. Tonight, in the powerful name of Jesus, we break that hold in the name of Jesus. The fear of connection. Holy Spirit is saying, Whose child are you? Oh, 
never falls too far from the tree. Begin to speak into your life if you're that person. Because you mimic and you have the DNA of your father encoded on the inside of you. Who can get close to you and not like you? Why are you believing the lies of the devil, the lies of the enemy concerning you? Why are you believing the things that have been said in time past? Can you please focus on what God is saying? I fearfully made you. I made you for a purpose. I formed you for a reason. Can you find that reason and make the connections that you need to make? You know what, people? No matter how big a stone is, it can never catch fire by itself. However enormous the stone is, it can never catch fire by itself. You need sometimes just a small rock and you strike that rock against the stone, the big mountain, and it will catch fire. Some of the ideas that you have, they are locked and trapped on the inside of you because you have not met another stone to strike with. I want you to begin to pray tonight that every stone every person that would unlock ignite because God is a God of fellowship it would ignite the things that God has put on the inside of me let your spirit begin to make way right now to make those connections in the name of Jesus we are stronger together we are better together the enemy is lying when he wants to put us in isolation the beginning of isolation is the beginning of depression the beginning of isolation is when we begin to say woe is me but when we come together we have a good laugh when we come together you will say something that becomes an idea maybe a business for me i need you to begin to pray the best things that have happened in my life have happened when i have been with people and I consider the Holy Spirit a person I need you to pray in the spirit begin to talk to God every lie that the enemy has told you we put an end to it today in the name of Jesus I say through the help of the Holy Spirit do not be afraid to make connections God says that he's enabling you God says that he's backing you up. He says he's speaking through you. That people are not seeing your inadequacies. That God is the one whose light is shining through you and around you. You are afraid to commit to a relationship. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to hold your hand and go with you? You're afraid to talk to certain people that can make things happen for you. I need you this night to connect to the superior and ultimate power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Jesus. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, 
please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.